is Friday. Friday. RawMikeRichards.com. Yeah. Broadcasting live from the DKI Studios in downtown Toronto. Coming up today, we got a lot of stuff, including a sunny day video. And it will be one of the shittiest ones you've seen all week. I'm serious. You can't try less than this band coming up. It's still a summertime song. Audley Stevenson from the NBL Canada. So that's uh, where you've uh, teams in uh, Kitchener-Waterloo. You've got uh, Moncton, ha- uh, Halifax. Um, London are the dominant champions in that league, and there's a lot of really high-level ball being played. If you're not familiar with it, we'll talk to the Deputy Commissioner, Audley Stevenson, not Adley Stevenson. That's a different guy. And he's dead. Also, more talk as uh, Johnny Manziel continues to draw the attention of those south of the border. This time from ESPN's NFL Live. I'm not kidding. Also, for those that always argue about, you know, men and women when they play tennis, maybe women should make the same amount of money as men. Have you seen what it's like in mixed doubles? Do you see what even the Roger Federer's what they do to women when they serve. It's mean. And we're going to play it. Also a slam dunk competition in Moscow. And Russell's favorite political show. As you know, there's a huge uh, race here in Ontario. Rob (laughs) Ford and uh, Orville Redenbacher and the other chick. That's right. But uh, as it gets down to it, we're going to see what Russell said is his favorite political show. I, uh, Interesting. Thought was yeah. I didn't, didn't uh, think he was a political guy. Didn't, actually, I didn't either. No. But it looks like a really one. Of, you know the shows that he picks. They're always really pretty good. So <laughs> gonna do true. That. True. Also, Mike Trout and the rest of the Angels. They really are enjoying Toronto. And they leave. Now they move on. They're like, but thanks, guys. That was awesome. You guys are great. <laughs> Can we let's, let's do this again sometime soon? <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't mind that as they just go out and they and they they pound them in the beautiful sunshine yesterday, Dave. Um, so there's something else I wanted to get to today too. I can. Oh, we're gonna need to find. I actually a comment of Doug Flutie on Global News in Calgary. So Doug was there for one of those big nights. Yeah. I think it was this time the, the Jewish Community Center. I think he, you know, just like the Italians uh, have a big sports uh, night. Doug is the main uh, speaker, and of course in Calgary he's he's a god. Like he's just a god. But of course Kevin Smith. Uh, I don't know if you know Kevin. Kevin, a good friend of mine out in. Uh, in Calgary, got a chance to talk to Doug Flutie, and he mentions what he kind of felt that his perspective was on Johnny Manziel uh, and his abilities, I would say, and where he thinks it might go in terms of football. But there is no shortage of uh, of, of talk when it comes to the interest of Johnny Manziel uh, at camp in, in, in Hamilton. Actually, right now it's at McMaster. And never did I think I would see NFL Live click it on and there's a guy covering the camp and talking about the CFL. So that, to me, uh, we'll cover that. But there is just a lot of interesting stuff we'll get to. But as I mentioned, it's a sunny day. It's a Friday. It's a crazy weekend. So we've been doing uh, summertime songs. This one actually is very apropos and one of the worst videos <laughs> that you'll ever see. It's by a band called Y&T. Summertime girls, a lot of screams. Yeah. Y and T Summertime Girls, a classic and a one-hit wonder on rawmikerichards.com. Terrible. Oh yeah, Russell. That's hilarious. That's so funny. The guy's wearing shorts like the girls used to in Hooters. That's a, that is a strong, oh, and here come the tough girls. (laughs) Yeah, this is a very sophisticated video. The longest shot has been on the girl lying. And what are they not, not going to play in this video? I don't, I, I don't remember. 
Russell. Russell. <laughs> okay, I think we've I think we've seen enough of. A lot of these videos look the same, don't they? But I used to love that as a rock guy. Sure. Like, what one was that? Who cares? Who cares? It's girls. There's suntan lotion. There's a lot of hair. There's sunglasses and beers. Remember that? Remember when music was happy? Remember when guys were in bands and they used to really enjoy it and they loved their life and everything was fun? Not like the fucking, oh, we're sad and I got black uh, fingernails and uh, uh, my mom was mean to me and the videos, I don't know what to do. When did that happen? Why is everyone sad? That's Remember there's a band point. called Fun? I got news for you. Not fun. Not fun at not all. Not fun. Not fun? It was like, have you seen the Black Keys? Yeah. And not fun. Why is everyone crying? Why the moaning? This, this was this was. Hey, let's have some beers. Let's go to the beach and uh, and wear orange shorts. Where did the, those days go? That's what I ask you, Dave. Uh, looking at uh, quickly before we get to Adley Stevenson. Uh, look, really looking forward to this. Uh, he's a really interesting guy and in the league, the NBL Canada. We're going to talk about, uh, but get get to some of the basketball first. The Rockets and Golden State. Another Dave, and actually a good game, an actual good game. And uh, these two going head to head. Throwing some bombs. I guess the biggest bomb to come out of there is uh, CP3 may not be available. He hurts himself, which is massive. So we'll we'll uh, you know as details come across, you don't you're not going to find a whole bunch of it right now. But that is a, a massive loss if that's what happens. But uh, you found a a Rockets team that found a way to win at home. This was an outstanding game. Property, the National Basketball Association, and their broadband properties. To give. Here's Green with a hard drive to the rim that cannot hit on the follow it's put in. It's Harden. Putting between his legs, putting another move on Curry, whipping it out, going for three. for 14. Houston moves by four. And again, the free throw line. Now here it is, Curry for three. You know what, in reality, Dave, this is the NBA final, don't you think? Yep. Yeah, this is the final here. These are the two best teams. He knocks this down. So once again, uh, looking at uh, CP3, we'll find out exactly the extent, uh, extent of that injury, but it goes back and it will be now a game six. Uh, but the, what I've enjoyed about it is this is what it's supposed to look like, Dave. It's supposed to look right. like that, but do you really think the Rockets are going to close? I don't know if they close, but I don't think it's it's one of those crazy 30, 40-point games. Uh, Warriors, 10.5-point favorites in game six. Okay, well then, you know what? In this case, I'm taking the plus 10.5. Really? Oh, yeah. Because yep. I, I think the Warriors will win by 25 points on Game 6. Dave, the reason you're being so better today <laughs> is because there is a young gentleman in the studio. I wanted to like yes, him. Yeah, and, I wanted to like and him. And he's worn a Golden Knights Marc-Andre Fleury t-shirt. And now Dave is like, I don't care. Sunny sunny day? I don't, it's not that sunny. I've seen sunnier. Dave, what's wrong? Why are you, why are you so mad? <laughs> so true. And now it, it, it's Ryan, correct? Devin. Devin. Close, close, close enough. Slow. Really, Ryan, They're, Devin, uh, they sound the same. They, that's the names that people got. <laughs> Mike, it's Ryan with a silent K. Okay, I'm sick of that stuff. Okay, I'm sick of <laughs> you, that shit. You get a lot of that these, garbage. All these people going, too. my name is Ian. Oh, hi. It's I-A. No, no. E-E uh, silent H-A-I-N umlaut. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, <laughs> what happened to Jack? Jack, Dave's, Mike's. Russell's a little weird. I got a minute. Russell came out of comes out of nowhere a little bit. That's why, why you, you call him Rusty the Bear. Yeah, why are you named Russell? Do you know where that comes from? Yeah, is that you named after somebody? Uh, named after my great grandfather on my dad's side, and okay. also my grandfather's middle name. Yeah, so it's Russell. it's an older an older sounding yeah. name. But uh, it was hard to uh, hard to find those pens with my name on it as a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like that, that was a little tough. Dude, how old are you? Five? We don't have any Russells. There you go. Why don't you just ask for Eunice? <laughs> so was it Russ in school? It was Russ in school. Or, uh, or you always been a it, Russell? It wasn't really Russ until about like grade eleven or twelve. When was it Rusty? Did anybody Rusty? I think, uh, here, I think here only. A couple hockey yeah. coaches when I was oh, younger. Sure. Yeah, okay. but uh, that's about it. But Russ really? was like grade eleven and twelve. But before and now continue. Okay, when was Rusty then. Bear? 
uh, here about whenever you say <laughs> oh, that. that was that was here. Uh, we talked so, so uh, common. We talked about uh, fun. Well, as I said, the uh, California, or sorry, the Los Angeles Angels of what are they called now? Yeah, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Yeah, that just rolls off oh, the tongue, yeah, doesn't it? Does. So just just put it on a nice little card. Just and Angels, then whatever the name is. Boy, do they like playing in Toronto? And yesterday in the sunshine, Mike Trout. Actually, I'm surprised the ball didn't carry further. Like the way the swing he gets off of this. But what I love is this is on Facebook Live. I don't know who the announcers are. I, I don't know if they're well they well, they can't be local. No, it's probably not local. You know, they may not have even been at the game to tell you the honest truth. They you they're calling off a screen? Just calling off a screen, exactly. You you provide the cameras, the sound, and where are you calling from? Uh, we're in uh, New York City. I guess that, you know, in trying to reach those that are going to watch it on their phones or, you know, the, 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 the mobile aspect of, of watching a game. So that's what was available on. So the announcers, I don't know who they are. But it's kind of funny. I don't think they're that seasoned. Because generally when a guy hits a home run, you don't go, oh, man. Or, or whatever, or whatever the right, guy like, says. Like he's never seen it before. Yeah, and then when the whole it, like, there's a couple of expressions that are kind of odd. Either way, it still ends up being a whitewash. Eight one, the final. It was so fun for the Angels. Property of Major League Baseball and their broadband properties, and I assume as well, Facebook Live. Oh wow! And that is oh, clobbered wow. by Trout. Oh man! But it's high. Holy. Does it have enough distance? Oh, yeah. and, it, and it's gone. Oh. He tried. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. Up the front of the rim and out. <laughs> yep, Mike see? Trout goes long for the 15th time this season, and the Angels grab a 4-0 lead. Yeah, well, so there it was. That's, uh, that's exciting. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so. Any truth to the rumor that uh, later on in the game when there was another home run, the uh, color guy howled? Yeah. Holy shit. Actually, you know what? I'd like that. If you could have full profanity sports announcing, yeah. that would be... <laughs> or or those, too. not only that, but those of also who have gambled on the game. Mm, that would be rough. Yeah, I know. You know what it would sound like if you and I were doing oh, a football man. game where it started going south? <laughs> sound like Scarface. That would be bad. Uh, what is good is the the attention that Johnny Manziel is getting for the, the Canadian Football League as a whole. Now, obviously, it's the Hamilton Tiger Cats. But if I'm watching ESPN... And in, in NFL Live, can you think of a time where they'd be going live to their person up to Canada, number one? So even a game, Dave, let alone a preseason game. No. How about a camp? No. Camp. Uh-uh. So once again, courtesy of ESPN, they continue to cover Johnny Manziel. And I'll have to be honest, the way that they're, they're doing it, it seems to get a little smoother, a little better. And what I think is interesting in the first comments that we saw about this, the only thing they talked about was Warren Moon and Doug Floaty. Well, they are starting to do some research and more and more CFLs being seen in terms of its depth. And I think it's impressive. Once again, property of ESPN. That guy, as I mentioned, is covering Manziel. Mike, how committed do you believe Johnny Manziel to be to the CFL? When I spoke to Manziel, he said that he's not quite calling this his last chance at playing professional football, but he does understand the gravity of the situation for him. And those around here have been impressed with him. He took a red-eye flight over the weekend from Los Angeles, went to Buffalo, had to go through customs, and then finally got to Hamilton where he had to go to straight to press conferences and then meetings. And he's been practicing now five straight days this week. So a big adjustment for Johnny Manziel, but he's actually living behind me in these doors here at McMaster University, a, a long way from Toronto, a long way from Los Angeles as well. So a much different lifestyle where Johnny Menzel will have to be committed to football for at least the next couple years for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. You know, Mike, I mentioned right now he's the backup quarterback. They say that will stand for the entirety of this season. He's, uh, he's one of five quarterbacks on this roster. How has he looked to you? Yeah, he's been pretty accurate the two days that I've watched practice here. He went through a no-huddle drill yesterday, went 7 of 8 passing, and then threw a touchdown as well. And a lot of his teammates were quite impressed with that drive. I spoke to Luke Tasker, the son of former NFL player Steve Tasker, and he said it was really a Menzel's arm that impressed him on that drive. And Jalen Saunders as well, a former Oklahoma receiver who played against him in college, he said Menzel might actually be better here than he was back at Texas A&M. But a few hits 
hiccups along the way. We watched practice today, and there was another drill where Manziel actually forgot to play and was running the wrong play out there. The coach was kind of laughing about it after practice, but certainly some progress here for Johnny Manziel from when he first got here on Sunday, and the arrows certainly pointing up for him as we head towards the first preseason game of the Tiger Cats next week. All right, Mike, thank you. Certainly no shortage of NFL players with CFL ties. Uh, let's take a look at some of the more notable players. How about Hall of Famer Warren Moon? I can say the Edmonton Eskimos, that I can do, which is uh, where he started his pro career before a 17-year NFL career. And then who can forget Doug Flutie? He spent four years in the NFL before he went to the BC Lions. He was the CFL's most outstanding player six times before his return to play eight more seasons. Jeff Garcia, his CFL career started in Calgary as Flutie's backup. He was Grey Cup MVP in 1998, then hooked on with the NFL, signing with the 49ers, and then he went on to four Pro Bowls. And many people forget Cameron Wake. He went undrafted, got his start in the CFL, playing with the BC Lions. He joined the Dolphins in 09, his 92 sacks, the second most by an undrafted player since that stat became official in 1982. So it does happen. Don't forget about Bill Polian. Were you, were you a CFL scout? Bombers. Or player? Or scout both? For the Montreal, Grey Cup winning Montreal Alouettes. Grey Cup winning. And personnel director for the uh, Grey Cup winning Winnipeg Blue Bombers. How about that? Mm. Listen, forget that Hall of Fame stuff. There were some Grey Cup winning situations going there you on go. long before that. <laughs> I love this for Johnny Manziel. I mean, I, I get it. Everybody's just going to continue to rip him, but... No, I don't think. I, I don't think everyone's ripping. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I would I would disagree to a point. I think everybody wants to see a young person get their life yes. on track. I, I hope so. I think people recognize and he's making an evolution and appreciate the fact that he seems to uh, be more humble and willing to go through the steps in the process. And he realizes where he is in his life in terms of rehabilitating on the life side, uh, life side as well. well good. Yes. I, I guess uh, we told uh, you. Now, what I find is interesting is the 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 take, the perspective, Dave, that they have on this. So the first couple of times it was guys just lobbing out some ideas and then showing some clips of Johnny Manziel. Then you move forward to what is, uh, I think, more positive uh, reinforcement about what the league is all about. So then uh, Skip uh, Bayless sits there and starts going through the different quarterbacks and, and, and how it works up here in Canada. Now you're starting to see video of players gone by and you're hearing names like the Edmonton Eskimos and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on national television during an NFL show. Mm -hmm. That is a first. So for those of you that want to argue that it's a joke, or for those of you that want to argue that it's not a big deal, tell me when that happened before. Tell me what player it was. That w It wasn't even that way when the Rocket Ishmael came to Canada. And that was a big deal, by the that, way. Uh, to me, that was, I don't think it got really more eyes than yeah. taking the number one, potential number one draft pick, and taking him from the NFL to Canada. Bingo. But he was a special teams player. This is a quarterback that was and a Heisman Trophy winner that had the potential of having a kind of NFL career. It would be tough to compare because we we never got a chance because his head wasn't in the game. I think it is now. I think he knows it's his last chance. And to me, how do you argue about what you just saw, Dave? Bill Polian's on there talking about being the player personnel uh, director for the for the Blue Bombers and for the Montreal Alouettes. Yep, scout with the Alouettes. You're right. Uh, you don't. You know what? Uh... The credibility of this league will continue to go higher as Johnny Manziel continues to do stuff. I, I actually would like to see Johnny Manziel succeed with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, but have blips along the way to show that you just can't walk onto the street and dominate right away. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. You kind of heard it in the report where the player said or the reporter said that he misread a play or forgot a play. It's not, you know, and, and the thing that really works out, and we're hearing a lot about it from the American side of things. June Jones was a very noted college uh, coach in the United States. He oh. was many different schools. SMU was a huge one. Hawaii. We know Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And he even got a taste of the NFL. But, you know, and then you throw in the Glanville references on defense and stuff. This is this is gravy right now. And it's considering that the NFL right now is going through fake rule changes where everybody hates everything that's happening one way or another. This is maybe the only positive football news out there in the world right now. Yeah, you've got Tom Brady not showing up, right? Like just not just he's not showing up. You've got uh, players who you know, as as we you know, we had Jeff Manishin on yesterday, the lawyer. 
you know, the CBA, like there's going to be a work stoppage, a lockout, however you put it. At some point, there will be not an NFL season. And that is just coming down. And that's not just about the kneeling. That's that's about a lot of things with the CBA that the players, they just, you know, they're not liking actually the deal that was set for them in the first place. Right. So that's going to change. Uh, before we get to uh, Audley Stevenson in about, uh, about five minutes' time here, uh, someone who can comment probably more accurately on what it's like to have the kind of fanfare come up to Canada and try to make a career is Doug Flutie. Doug was in town. Uh, for a, an event where he's going to be the head speaker. And Kevin Smith from Global News in, in Sports in Calgary had a chance to talk with him, and you knew that the Manziel conversation was going to come up. Here's Doug Flutie, once again, courtesy of uh, Global News. Doug, it's great to have you here. I think a lot of Stampeder fans would kind of want to know, where are you now? What are you doing now? Well, I'm living on the beach in Florida, surfing every morning and being a bum most of the time. Then you start to feel irrelevant, and you got to get on a plane and go do something. Uh, but I work for NBC, actually, and cover college football, Notre Dame stuff, and that's my real job. Fantastic. So you're up here for the JCC dinner. What's it like when you come back to Calgary? I know you were here last year, you know, meeting up with your former teammates, and, and now you're just meeting up with people who, who just had such a thrill watching you play. What's it like coming back here? It's, it's a lot of fun to come back in town. Right away, I had to go by McMahon Stadium, say hi to Dave Dickinson and John Huffnagel yeah. and see some of the guys, and uh, Bruce Cummington and Sue Laird here tonight, and just... A lot of fond memories in Calgary, and people seem to genuinely have an affection for what we did in those days. So it's just fun to be back in town. You know, you mentioned Dave, and you guys were teammates, uh, you know, with the Chargers when Drew Brees was there too. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on Dave now? I mean, head coach, Calgary Stampeders, back-to-back great cups. I know they didn't go his way, but are you kind of, in a way, kind of proud of, of what he's very, become? Very proud of him. And you, you, knew, you knew he would be a coach. He's that type of guy. He was all into the X and O end of it. He was always fully prepared and he was a competitive son of a gun on the field. And he made the transition so smoothly into coaching. Uh, his teams have played great, done great. You know, a bounce of the ball the other way. They had the game and two years in a row, it's so close. And sometimes you need a little bit of luck too to finish it off. Do you watch CFL when you're down there? I hadn't, but there's more and more games now that are, that are televised down there during the summer. So it's a lot of the, the amazing thing is if I'm flipping stations and I find a CFL game, I lock in and I watch the whole game. If I'm flipping stations, I see an NFL game, I watch a couple series and keep going. Um, I just have an attachment to this game. And I feel it when I come back up here. It's just uh, it meant a little more to me. Fantastic. Um, you say you work in college football, so I have to ask you about Johnny Menzel. I mean, you're a Heisman winner. He's a Heisman winner. Um, you're a superstar in this league. What could he do in this league, do you think? He has the skill set. He's very similar to the, the skill set that I had, but I always said about Johnny is he's got more speed than I had. He has that change of direction, can make people miss, but when he hits a crease and goes, he can take it 70, 80 yards. I could never do that. I mean, you know, 40, 50 yards is my limit. And he throws the ball extremely well. His instincts for the game are amazing. He's got to keep himself in line and learn the X and O end of it He'll get away with using his athleticism at first and still win games. But to win championships, you really have to learn this game. And I think Ricky Ray proved that last year. You know, you put those two side-by-side side athletically, I'm sure Johnny can outrun Ricky and do all these things. But he knows the game, and you have to get to that level mentally in this game. That is uh, Doug Foley, once again, courtesy of uh, Global Sports in Calgary with uh, Kevin Smith. Pretty interesting stuff. But yeah, you, very interesting. But you notice what he said when he started talking about Canada before it came back? He said, well, you know, I watched the whole game, hmm. and I think people appreciate what we did up here, and then it trailed off. But what he said was, because it, it meant a little more to me up here. I which is I didn't catch that which part. Which is huge. I, you listen to that and think that is unbelievable. Yep. Okay, the uh, NBA, NBL Canada. So if you haven't seen it, this is uh, from, I believe, game this is game number five. So this is about two weeks ago. This actually goes to a seven-game series between uh, London and Halifax. This game actually takes place in London. So they play at the, uh, the Budweiser uh, Arena. So they play yes, where sir. the London Knights play. And they get good crowds. This is sort of the dominant team of the league. This is... Uh, the uh, London uh, Lightning and the Halifax Hurricanes. We come back on the other side. We will talk to Deputy Commissioner Audley Stevenson. But first, this. Threat for Halifax. It helps the offense click so much better. Herring Jr., he drives. He's wide open. Herring Whoa! Jr. with a big one-handed slam. My goodness.
And the London Public Library just turned, turned into, into Barney's London patio. I was, uh... <laughs> we went for the same joke. Herring Jr. again slowing it down. Two and a half on the clock in the quarter. Herring Jr. underneath to Boyd. Easy foul call there. Beautiful pass there from Herring Jr. to get Boyd to the line, essentially. Just a really nice job by Herring Jr. I mean, we're talking about a guy taking over the game multiple ways. Seeing the floor offensively, getting up right for there. the jam. Right. And, and in that there play, you see it, that is the dominant team, that being the, the London Lightning. But it, it went to uh, seven games, and what I think is interesting uh, about it is when you start talking about Halifax and basketball for those that may be remotely uninitiated about uh, basketball in Canada for all those championships they had uh, the CIS it's a good basketball market and they have a, a great building and, and in fact in the times of, of watching those teams play um, CIS basketball if you didn't really know what you were watching if you first just sort of clicked on it you might mistake it for NCAA basketball because it did have that kind of enthusiasm, great crowd, and uh, I think it's fantastic that they have the league that contains uh, a Halifax in it. So, oddly, Stevenson joining us here, the uh, the deputy commissioner. Can, Thank you. Can Thank you not you. be the full commissioner? Do they? Uh, well, we'll get there. We're working on that. We're working on that. Baby steps, right? Baby steps. Part of the ascension. So, for for those that aren't familiar with with the league and whether ten teams, I think ten teams. We're eleven actually. You're eleven We're teams 11 now. now. The Sudbury Five. The Sudbury Five. What do you think of the name? I like it. There That's right. The five right. dot ca. If you right. want to yeah. look it up. Exactly. Okay. Okay. There you. Yeah, there, there you go. go. So in the homework. Like <laughs> this is very because you spent and I just mentioned London. I think what six years or so with uh, with the Lightning. So so with the with, with the league itself. Yes. I, I came on board as kind of volunteer in year one. And uh, I just wanted to kind of be a part of the league. So not necessarily with the Lightning. What kind of help? It was whatever, the whole league. Yeah, the whole league in entirety. Yeah. So, so why do that? What what is the background? What is the love for this game? Yeah, I mean, the love of the game of basketball is where it started for me. And, I, you know, my it's really interesting. The, the, the year the NBL Canada started was when the NBA was during a lockout, that lockout year that they had. And uh, at the time, I was very much into, I was, I, you know, I was very actually bad at basketball podcasts. I was much into media content creation in and around the sport. Where's home for you? So what what town do you grow up in? T Toronto. We're, we're downtown Toronto. So where's, what's high school? What high school? Bloor Collegiate. Bloor, Bloor Collegiate. Are they excited about you? Like, I do, is there a bust of uh, Oddly Stevenson when you I'm go in there? I'm still lobbying for it. I'm trying to. I got, there are a few teachers that are probably rather thrilled about this. Stevenson? Are you kidding me? Stevenson? <laughs> He's still around? Yeah. So let's, uh, yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, so there are good memories nonetheless. Though. Yes. Nonetheless. And so, and so, uh, college, university? Uh, you know, George Brown College George Brown? down yeah. the street here, yeah, right and, around the corner, right? and then Ryerson uh, after that. And I went to Ryerson. There we go. So I, you know, I was, a, I was a PR guy, and I wanted uh, uh, to study PR, and I did that. But basketball was always there, and media and and content creation was always a part of me, and that's what drew me to the league. And again, there was a lockout; there was no basketball happening in the NBA side of things. And you know, we were in, at that time we were very much heavily following the NBA, and sure. we needed something to do and time to fill and. NBL Canada came here at that, you know, it was a right, a right timing kind of thing. And I walked in to say, hey, how can I be a part of this? How can I help? This is phenomenal. We've got a professional basketball league here in my home country. And that kind of started the journey for me. Who, the brainchild of this. Who, who sits down and says, you know what? I think we can make professional basketball go in markets in Canada. Who says this? Who did this? Uh, founders Andre Livingston and Ian McCarthy, a uh, couple of basketball guys uh, in their own right, and you know they had been involved with with, with teams in other leagues, and uh, and they instantly immediately saw the gap. You know, Canada at that time uh, was the only country that didn't have its own domestic league, and you know every country around the world that you know that that, com that compete at that level, they had a, a, a league that they call, could call their own, and that was a gap for Canada. So those two gentlemen sort of got the ball rolling, and uh, you know here we are. You know, seven years later and still having fun with it as far as the progress throughout the you know starting it from the inception to mm -hmm. what we're looking at right now how has it grown in your yeah. eyes uh, 
has it? It's been incredible growth, and and a lot has to do with the the game of basketball itself growing here in Canada. Huge. Uh, so 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 as I'll give you an example, uh, there's mandated rule that at, the, at year number one that every team had to have a minimum of two Canadians okay. on their roster. Uh, fast forward now seven years, that number has increased to five, and the talent level and the entertainment and the competitiveness is even higher than it was. So the game, the growth of the game is a starting point. Is when we talk about you know the growth of the league and you know obviously the Raptors have a, a huge part to play in sort of selling the game and you go down to Jurassic Park during the playoffs yeah. and you you see what that's like and so you know we're looking to to really you know, be a part of this growth and 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 we are I think we're starting to see more and more Canadians wanting to stay home and play pro yeah. as opposed to going overseas you know now they have a legitimate option and you know that, that's what we want to have it's funny it's funny you say the Raptors part of it and also when when you're watching an NCAA game. Uh, Mm -hmm. down south there's no such thing as oh that team has one canadian because it's almost like 32 teams have multiple canadians and it's not one of these things where we're zeroing in on one team that's right it's like no no the entire tournament has it canadians are going in the top five lotteries number one and that's just the growth of the game and that's that's it's a i think it's a natural progression like as the game evolves you oftentimes joke you know dr naismith has lots to be proud of because there there are a lot of canadians that are all over the map and you and you've got those that want to go overseas and that's great for them as well too but to have those options uh, is what I think is just phenomenal. Because there's some great stories. And I look back in sort of the late 70s, early 80s, and so when this kid out of uh, uh, St. Mike's uh, named Leo Routens, I believe oh, yeah. how you pronounce the name. <laughs> and so I, I heard that, you know, you'd see, start seeing the Toronto Star. You'd, you'd see these pictures. I'm like, they're showing a, 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 a some kid, some tall white kid with a weird last name, and, and he's showing up, and they're saying he's going to get a scholarship. I'm like, yeah, we'll see about that. That's right. And then, and then at Syracuse, Jim Bayham, I'm, I'm kind of losing my mind going this. Well, I mean, is he like the 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 eleventh guy on the, on the bench? Like, uh, and then you see what he does there, and then he gets drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers. And from that moment on, because I always believe in a nation where that's not commonplace, that when you see one of your own. See that's that's the thing that drives people. People like Nancy Green. A lot of people maybe not even remember that name, but they saw her as the the Mars bar was a chocolate bar. No, but she actually was a Canadian. She won a medal in the Olympics. And since that time, it's just tenfold. Where where we're looking at Canadians now. And Dave just mentioned the tournament. Well, not only Canadians on the roster, but right. they're not there just for the jacket now. No. They're probably your starter, and right. they might be your star. They might be Andrew Wiggins. They, you, you can go down Jamal Murray from a couple of years ago. R.J. Barrett at Duke. Yeah, yes. I mean, RJ's coming at, up. At Duke, yeah, right. exactly. And, and Carl English was a great story, I think, for a lot of people. So, so Carl comes from you know, as far away as you can think. He goes to school as... <laughs> Far away as you could think, <laughs> and and he comes in, and now this league and it sort of embraced that uh, that mentality that yeah. you can do it too. And I think, you know, just looking at the league and how it's it's progressing, it won't take long before you start seeing. Because I know there's there's those that haven't been in the NBA or ex NBA players. Is it going to be that strange that I'm going to see someone who who initially didn't make an NBA roster and they're going to play for Moncton or, or Kitchener Waterloo and then they end up getting a call up? Hey, I don't I think mean, you're that far no, away. I, I, we we on the inside don't feel so either. I mean, we this past season a former player in our league uh, at the end of the regular season, the NBA regular season, he got a call up uh, uh, from the D League uh, to play an NBA team, and Amari Johnson. So we already have we have one player that started with our league and it ended up there. I think that's just one of many to come. And you, you know, you touched on Carl English. I think that by far was the best story uh, of the season for us. Yeah. I talk about a guy coming back home uh, who's played internationally, uh, all sorts of experience, 15-year pro, coming back home for the first time. And I remember uh, being in Mile One Center at downtown St. John's uh, in the home game yeah. and, and, and watching you know, an excited, exuberant, enthusiastic fan base uh, just hearing Carl English's name announced as he came out and at the end of the game uh, and, and, and many games after that you know the, the lineup of kids take a selfie with me uh, give me an autograph oh, yeah. ball it was just and, and he was there for every single one of them and uh, to me that you know the, the, the best story a, a guy coming home and to be able to be able to be a part of that you know offer a platform to, to allow that that for me is just a thrill Getting some messages right now, oddly, on cool. uh, on Twitter from uh, Kelly McDonald, who's a season ticket holder of uh, the London Lightning, uh, enjoying the crowds there and, yep. and wanted to know about, is 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 London the model that, that a Sudbury will look at and say, that's what we want to aspire to? Is that is that kind of what, you know, you, you when you blueprint 
a new season, new team expansion. We see it in all different kinds of sports, yeah. and you always want to look for realistic goals. Mm-hmm. Is that realistic yeah. right away for them? Uh, it totally is. And, and in fact, in fact, the Sudbury uh, group uh, have been down to London numerous times. They've been at games. They've studied. They've, they've looked at models. So, so absolutely. Uh, but I also think you know you can take a little bit from every market. Sure. Uh, when you look at sort of across the league, each market is unique, has its own uniqueness with respects to uh, how they you know, either they deliver their message or reach out to their communities. So I think there's a little bit to take from everyone, but but without question, you know what what we've seen out of London. I mean, they they've just won their fourth champion franchise championship yeah. in their seven year history, uh, and uh, they, they absolutely have been an incredible incredible model to follow. And quite honestly, it wouldn't be a bad starting point at all. Yeah, because he he goes on to write, and he's enjoying this right now, watching live on YouTube.com. Great. The crowds are fantastic. <laughs> the game experience is second to none. Yeah. So yeah. compliments to you, your league. And everything that you know, uh, is I, good about it. New, and thank you for that. And thank you to, to the listener uh, and viewer, I guess. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the, the you know the thing that I've said over and over again is I, I challenge people to come to a game and not enjoy themselves. Like it's the experience that is. I mean, very much NBA like the NBA feeling. Uh, you've got players that have played at top level, with a D one level, uh, pro level, pro overseas uh, that that really come out and and, and put on. A fantastic show, and uh, I was looking at some stats. And we're at the end of our season now. Looking at some stats, and we've had more games this season end in like extra frames and overtime than any other year in, in the seven-year history. And that just speaks to the competitiveness overall. Sure. And that's the exciting part. About it. I also think, too, uh, being from a family of coaches, that, that that's a huge element of obviously what you've got. I mean. Players will go somewhere because they know the reputation of a coach. So what kind of coaches are you getting in the league? Where are they coming from? All, all over. I mean, you know, uh, when, when we, I use Sudbury 5 as an example, when they sort of announced I, I've lost track of the number of coaches that reached out to them to say, hey, I want to be a part of this or I want, I want, to, I, you know, I want to be a part of the league or, or with this team. Uh, what I've been really excited about is that Canadian coaches – are also getting an opportunity. He's a great place for them, I think. Keith Vassell is a Canadian coach. Uh, he was a pro- formerly on the national team uh, with Niagara College. You know, he won with London with a championship. You know, that, that, that those are the types of opportunities that this league creates, and, and it's and it just shows that it's not just for players anymore, right? It's players, it's coaches, it's guys who want to be league executives, uh, it's uh, broadcasters right across the board, and that that when we really start to look at it from that vein, it really opens it up, and it's, it really speaks to an incredible opportunity to work or be involved with a pro basketball league. Well, I also think too, and and uh, you know, I talk about it all the time about about but your national program, your sort of national profile, and, and a lot of times Dave and I will talk about. You look at the World Cup, and people say, well, you know, there's certain teams, there's certain nations that we're going to see Germany, we're going to see Brazil, you know. But what has happened over the years in those huge leagues in Italy and in England, if if you don't have a solid grassroots program, then what you're going to find is eventually your league is filled full of internationals or, or, the, or imports. When you see that, there's a reason why... England won't win the World Cup. They're just, they're just they just don't have enough nationals. Those that have good grassroots sports, Spain, Portugal, right. Germans. If you watch the Bundesliga, their biggest stars, Dave, they're German. Right. Like it starts somewhere, so it goes hand in hand with with people say, well, well, how could you start off a professional league, whether it be uh, uh, basketball in this case or or the soccer, which is eventually coming too, in similar sized towns. It's it's what oddly just said. It's what it's 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 how you grow a game. It doesn't happen overnight. No. But as oddly said, you know, you have two Canadians okay. to start with. Now you're up to five, and those five weren't the water boy and the guy keeping stats. Right. They're coming from big schools, big programs, they you know, big conferences south of the border. And you watch; it will eventually filter its way where guys like Oddly who who come out of you know, there's a lot of guys watching now now going, well, you know, I'm at Ryerson, I'm at I'm at a school, I'm taking communications. Mm-hmm. You're saying there's going to be a place for me to actually get paid with my skill set. In Canada, yeah. that's what yeah. you're talking about. That, that's exactly that's what, what you're it, talking that, about. That's, you've encompassed it all right there, and it is. And and that's that's the thrilling and exciting part about being a, being a part of this. And going back to that point about the Canadians per roster, you know, every coach in our league will tell you that if they do not have 
uh, talented, solid Canadians that can contribute, they will not have success in terms of wins and losses. Right. CFL will tell you the same thing, Dave. Yeah, no. Uh, so Sudbury joins the league uh, in, in the fall. Uh, yep. Is there any talk? I don't want to get too far ahead, but is there any talk of a like a like a, a Toronto GTA team? Not not City Toronto, but maybe a Markham, maybe a Mississauga, Vaughn, something like that. We we actually formally had a team in Mississauga, and actually formally had a team okay. in Brampton as well in that GTA. And you know they're, they're, they they didn't work out in yeah. terms of, of viability. Um, you know, and there, you can sort of point to a number of different. Reason why that is like junior hockey. Junior hockey has that same struggle. If you're not in a a London or an Oshawa or whatever, where that that becomes like the main thing. Sure, sure. Now you spread out in terms of it's a it's a tough sell. Well, well, on a Saturday night, if you know if you're in you know Moncton, New Brunswick, on a Saturday night, I can tell you where people want to be. Right, you come to downtown Toronto, you've got options. Right, we're not just competing for sports. We're talking about entertainment dollars and and all that comes with it. I thought you were going to say Magnetic Hill. Which probably <laughs> that could be that could be. place number two would suck at night. It would suck at night. Like, I'm going backwards. I don't. I can't see anything. That's, I can't see. I, I did have to go check out Magnet Hill the first time I was there too. Let me, like, is this real? Like, it really pulled oh, me up. At first, I went on and I'm like it, it does. You freaking. Well, I'm going backwards. And, and the locals are going. Look at this one over here. <laughs> I want to show you something pretty cool. This goes back to 2014. This is the All Star Game the NBL, NBL Canada All-Star Game, and there's a slam dunk competition. Mm. So if you're curious about the level of athleticism, uh, I'm going to show you a clip of this dunk. <laughs> this is 2014. Yep. This is the All-Star Game. Check out this. <laughs> oh. oh. Stefan Bonneau. That was, uh, so, so, yeah, t- tell us who that was. And, uh, Steph Bonneau, uh, he went on to uh, win a championship in our league. Actually, that, that season they won a championship with the Windsor Express. Super athletic. Like that's crazy. He, I mean, a yeah. little guy gets up there. Uh, super, you know, he had he had a great season, and, and you know, uh, he 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 himself ha- had a great story. You know, he he was with he was with the the Express for a little bit. Wasn't seeing a whole lot of time. Uh, moved to uh, another team in our league. Uh, wasn't happy there. Totally, just in terms of the situation. Went back to the Windsor Express and had an incredible season, uh, stats wise. I mean that 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 dunk was just a culmination of his season. I we saw numerous of those in game, in game, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean that. Th- thanks to the flashback, man. Yeah. It was Flashback Friday. That was a it's a good <laughs> yeah, one. Taking exactly me back, taking me back. What's the off season look like for you now? You, you talked about you know you're breaking down some stats and that, but you know in the meantime there's there's June, July, August. Yeah. I, I mean what's going on in your office and and for you personally? Yeah, I mean first off. Yeah. <laughs> after the yeah, season no that kidding. we had, yeah. I mean, we, you know, I, I made it a point of sort of being at all our markets a season, and uh, so I was all over the Maritimes, and uh, you know, of course, here in Ontario, um, we want to, we want to, well, we've, we've actually got a, a board of governors meeting, and in a few weeks, we'll sort of iron out and give ourselves some direction and where we want to go for the upcoming season, make some decisions, stuff like that, sure. and, and then, and then it's just preparation, uh, you know, look at sort of revamping, you know, uh, internal processes, uh, looking, looking at our rules. Our operations manual. No, not not all the flashy stuff we did during the year, right. but necessary and important things in terms of uh, stability and viability. You know, when I came in as the first, uh, well, you know, this is my first year as deputy commissioner. I I, I sat beside every commissioner or league it had, so I had an intimate and up close views to sort of how things worked. And when I stepped into the role, it really helped me just to you know hit the ground running. And now that I'm going into the off season, I'm taking a lot of that to you know where we can improve and get stronger get better i think sudbury's gonna do well uh that's from years of going up there in high school playing uh in tournaments that were sponsored by laurentian university uh the culture up there is really kind of surrounds why the wolves always draw very well dave like i think almost anywhere you would have uh success in junior when i take a look at your your league and how you've done this the places where they do well are the places where junior hockey does well and so i look at sudbury who will draw from from North Bay, the sure, Timmins well. area, you know, the if, five boroughs. Yeah, make up you know, five. yeah, yeah, you're yeah. gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna see, and people say, well, you know, what kind of draw? I think you're gonna do very well. I think you do very well. An interesting point with the Sudbury Wolves, they're owned by the, the sports, uh, SW uh, Sports Entertainment Group. Uh, that's the ownership group of this oh, team as well. See, that's so, so smart. So, so the model hand, now, right? right? Yeah. So now you have, you have, you know, uh, you've got the infrastructure already in place. You've got sales and ticket staff. You've got the building already set up. When it's time to figure out schedule 
scheduling, like you know, you, you it's yes. a lot easier process. So you know that that very well could see a, a, be a model that we may see replicate in other markets. And that's one of the reasons reason we're really excited about Sudbury. I'll just go up there and I'll just start doing Marv Albert play by place, even when Kevin's on it. <laughs> yeah. And it's Smith for three, and he's fouled. Yes, and we'll go to the line. <laughs> My favorite Marv Albert line of all time was with the first USA Dream Team, uh-huh. and they're playing Angola. <laughs> They're playing now. The funny thing is, close game, tough game. Yeah. Close game. <laughs> Angola starts out. They get a dunk from one of their uh, nine foot tall guys. Yep. So it's actually the first is two nothing yep. Angola, and then it just goes on yes. and on and on. Yep. And then Marv Albert says the classic line. This kills me. I'll remember this forever. He goes, "Is it just me, or does it seem like Angola hasn't scored since yesterday?" <laughs> <laughs> That sounds about right. That sounds about awesome. Right. Ollie, thanks so oh, much for coming in. Man. Listen, a real, guys. Real pleasure. Listen, I appreciate the opportunity just to talk about our league. Uh, thank you for, for, for providing the platform. Like I said, we're really really excited about what's to come in the future and well you come uh, in anytime anytime please do i, I thought we yeah. got nba no nba talk I yeah thought. i was gonna say oh what's going on oh you want oh my god with the rockets okay all right so uh here here's the, <laughs> here's the one thing that He's i, not going I here's the one thing that i don't like what's that so in the nba so if i'm listing my favorite uh, sports in terms of even the sport itself so ncw ncaa basketball is is number one for mm-hmm. me that i love it i love the engagement i love the fact that you never really quite know and now that you have the one and done so you any can't... particular school or well i i went i spent a year in oregon so okay. i'm a bit of a duck, duck guy bag. right okay. so mm-hmm. um you know we the packed 12 last year was just terrible it was just awful but the reason sometimes it's tough to watch the NBA. So now we get to the to the finals, and I really think that the actual real final is is Houston and, and Golden State. Yes. But then the other ones, it's like, look, we won the last game, and it looks like we're losing now. How <laughs> about this? If, Lebr- <laughs> if LeBron comes down, have you seen the size of him? He's quite large. So I'm just going to move out of the way, and they'll probably win by 40. But we're going home, and we've already split anyways. Right. So you go and you win one game, the next game. Uh, you lose by 40 right, right, because it's a league right. of runs and sometimes it's a little frustrating to watch that's right but the last couple of games golden state houston to me i mean that's that really is the two best teams in the league it that's what you're watching job, yeah. but um for you uh watching it just as a fan is there is there a team that you like i i don't i don't have a team yeah. I, I just do you have a god of... you are, are you a lebron guy i mean i i i I love LeBron for all that he he. he I do too. Does. I do too. I, I, yeah. I really yeah. do appreciate it, and, and I mean, when it's all said and done, you know, when we when, like to have these arguments over who's the greatest, he's better than MJ. It's so premature. Yeah. yeah. Like let's just yeah. wait until it all the dust settles and we can have those conversations. I'm open to that, but I mean, I'm enjoying the moment, and you know, every time he steps, it's like every time he steps on the court, he sets a new record. Yeah. Like he's just, just he's that. It's it's remarkable. Run. You know, it, it it it's it's one of these things that you know you'll be telling your great grandkids about this guy named LeBron James. And we're like, oh yeah, right. It's gonna be something like that. But <laughs> this guy is that special of a player. Uh, I'm enjoying the Houston uh, Golden State series. Uh, Houston impresses me an awful lot. They do they had the best record all season long. Yep. So they're playing like it. Are they gonna close the series though? Well, CP3. CP3. Be, that's yeah. that's the that's the key. And that's I mean, huge. And, and the key is you know Harden Harden has a history of not yeah. necessarily showing up at those big moments. And uh, you know CP3 has been a guy that spelled him and given him a lot of rest and taking the pressure off. We'll see. I mean, and you, but you bring up a big point because there are a lot of people who are not hardened. I mean, the, right. sometimes the flopping, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. 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 He, he should be playing for Real Madrid, <laughs> not Houston. That was the worst I've ever and see. So, but, I, but a lot of people going, all right. So CP3 gone. Yeah. What's up? Let's let's see let's it now. See, let's, let's see because if you can do it now, then your MVP, your everything yeah, else, exactly. you're, you're taking out Golden State with the, you know, the. I I think they'll be really interesting to see. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. really intrigued. And then the other series, the Boston Lebron, I think it's just about. I mean, it, it's fun to watch, but you know, Boston clearly is the better team. They're the, right? they are the better team. The better and I'm team. also thinking that there is a fatigue in 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 Cleveland, Has and to I be. and I also think there's also a fatigue that everywhere you go, Dave. It's LeBron and friends, and for all those years yeah. where where he incredibly Might literally be a new TV show too. can there do it, but go. at some point I think there's a weight to that year after year, and they're all as a franchise, they're looking tired. Of they are. They I are. think they are. They are. Yeah. They are. You feel it. Like you yeah. just feel it every, and especially when they go down big, you're just like, oh boy. Yeah. And then, and then then you feel for LeBron because you know he's got to do a whole lot of work to even get them close to being a respectable game, right? That so, thing they did on Saturday Night Live. I don't know if you saw that I sketch. 
Yes. Where and, the, and, the, and the other Cavaliers. And yeah. the other LeBron Cavaliers. and the other Cavaliers. And it's all the uh, SNL characters. Yeah. Go, hey, LeBron, yeah, like, you want me to shine those shoes? Yeah. <laughs> don't pass the ball to me. My name is Paul, and I don't even know how to play basketball. <laughs> it's like Getting another message on sure. uh, Twitter this morning, and thank you for all your comments. Uh, what's the toughest task in your first year as Deputy Commissioner in the league? The, the, the toughest task for me now again I sort of talked about sort of my role and I, I was I was sort of a, a catch-all doing sort of whether it was you know, communications functions or a game operations or what I was doing a little bit of everything and it, it took me a while to transition out of that stuff to the new role mm-hmm. uh, I almost had to I had to spend a lot of time sort of replacing myself and right and and, and that, that right. was and, and then and then, and then when you so we've got people in place you, you know that whole old habits die hard you want to kind of slide back oh I'll take care of that and so that that was that yeah. was a bit eye-opening were you bugging people it's like there's you just hired Dave to do the one thing you did and you're like you're not doing as good as me. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. But it was. It was. It was. It was I, I will. You know. Honestly, that was an adjustment for me oh, because bet. you know, if you talk about well, this is what I was just doing for six years, and now all of a sudden I'm not doing it no more, and I'm yeah. Well, oh, I could do this, or I could change that, or I could do this. so. Yeah. So that, that was tough. So you got to catch yourself and kind oh, of yeah. bring it back. It, it probably yeah. took. It, t- it probably took me about half a season to say just just slow down. Sure. Not, let the people that you've put in place take care of that stuff. Now we're going to say thank you so much for coming in. And I will say you want to get you're very welcome. Or, or do you want to talk about Johnny Manziel? Because that was a, a big story, too. Hey, well, you know what? The Doug Flutie thing was great hearing from yes. him, by the way. That yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. And, really and, cool. And, and here, just hearing his, the energy and love for the, the league. And we, we, when I make the relation to NBL Canada, you know, we look at the CFL and say, you know, why can't we be what CFL? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, absolutely. There's no reason. Yeah. So no, it's it a great, great to point. hear from him. Thank you so much for coming in. And come in any time. Thank you. Come in any time. Thanks for the invite. Actually, actually, as uh, as oddly goes out, I found you you enjoyed the slam dunk competition. Okay. So here's in the same year, 2014. I've never seen this before. Maybe a little different, eh? The Moscow slam dunk competition. (laughs) And I'm like, well, what would this like? But the reality is, as much as I would make a lot of jokes about it, basketball, not unlike soccer, a.k.a. football, is so global a sport. That they come from everywhere. Just, I mean, Lithuania. I mean, where, where do you think these guys? And, it, and it, it's it's just endless talent in and around the world. But here, strangely, is a slam dunk competition in Moscow, 2014. See what you think. in Moscow and as oddly was walking out he's watching this thing going what are you serious I know the 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 thing about basketball these days not only I mean you're seeing it more and more at the collegiate level but Dave when when you watch pro teams now and a lot of it in Toronto when you see like the chairs all come out now not like the old days where you used to go to the sidelines chairs all come out the 54 assistant coaches come out but some of those assistant coaches you better know like specific languages 
Yep. You could be from the African nations. You could be an Eastern Bloc European. You could be from Slovenia. You could be Italian, Spanish. Like they come from everywhere around the world. So maybe, just maybe, we shouldn't be surprised that you see a slam dunk competition in Moscow that looks like that. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was impressive. Uh, and, and, you know, traditionally, the Russian national program, basketball-wise, and I'm not saying we're, we're looking at national team members or anything like that, it has gained in the last number of years. They actually put a pretty decent product on the, uh, on the court when it comes to Olympic Games and so forth, and a lot of the former Soviet Union are see, also starting to form more but, and more. And I think that's what hurt Russia. Yes. Because they used to owned them all <laughs> maybe that's not the word you want to use but uh i'm sorry but they're building back up is what i'm yeah. trying to say just like the former yugoslavia was a superpower superpower now you're seeing the serbian team very good the croatian Croatia, team Croatia's very basketball, good huge. That, you know what i mean so and, and this is you got to remember that is you know yugoslavia as a country existed until 1990 so it's relatively new for all these other smaller countries, Bosnia and so forth, uh, Slovenia. You mentioned uh, that that they're starting to build their programs as well after about twenty five years. A couple things to get to before we head to the weekend. Uh, I know there's always a, a lot of talk where people talk. I mean, it's about fairness and equality in pay. And for years, I think the women have always talked about in tennis about wanting the same money as men. And for the most part, you know, I don't mind the differences. The fact that we actually have differences in the sexes, it's kind of what makes being a heterosexual sort of the, the fun part. And I don't necessarily put it down as a, as a slam when I'm saying, you know, there's a, there's a lot of women's sports that I, I don't watch. I, I don't know the WNBA. I don't, I don't know NCAA women's. I don't. Not because I think it's garbage or terrible. It doesn't hold my interest. And so all the sports that I have, I, I'm not familiar with it. So I find it weird in a sport sometimes where you actually do have men and women playing against each other at the same time. In high school, I did one tournament in mixed doubles. Now, playing tennis, believe it or not, which I kind of liked in high school, I just thought one year it might be interesting to play doubles. And obviously, once again, as a, as a guy in high school, it was going to be interesting to see what was on the other side of the net. Sorry. That's how track and field work, too. Don't lie. But I used to get mad when some of the guys would just immediately go after my partner. Go, actually, her name was Jill. Going after Jill. He used to drive me nuts. She was a great player, but... Do they do that at the most elite levels of tennis when they play mixed doubles? Well, apparently they do. And are they big players? Oh, yeah. It's Roger Federer. And if you want to see what it's like when men play women, i got to be honest, the men are not very nice. On the court. Could be near a 20. 40 love. Si agita per il rumore appena sentito. Just pounding the ball. Pounding it. 15. Oh, that's good, because it's clipped the tape. It counts. <laughs> Look at Blam. That's the line of finish it off. Roger Frederick, you cheat. Now here's... So Jeannie Bouchard is in a lot of this uh, coming up here. Well, this we know for sure. I don't think she had a good time. 15. 40, 50. It's just a cannon. Yeah, that's the one I'm waiting for. Larga. Chiamo il challenge subito, Seppi. Is the ball out? Let's clap our hands and watch a video game. Eh, ha visto bene. E poi l'ace, giusto a evitare. 30 pari. Ci mette una pezza. They just pound the ball. Okay, is this good sport? Is this an interesting sport? And this is my, this is my problem with it. So we just watched what is uh, equivalent to uh, skeet shooting. <laughs> and the girls are the little uh, ceramic things in the air. Just pounding the ball away. Did, did you enjoy it? Like, no. Meh. I just don't. I don't. I don't. I. I don't even see the purpose of it. If that's what it is, and strength-wise, there's a difference between men and women, and even Serena gives reasons why she wouldn't win in the men's competition. John McEnroe talked about it, and they thought he was like some sort of pig. It's like, what do you mean? Well, it goes. What do you think I mean? That's that's what would happen, and I don't particularly enjoy that as sport. No. So let's not at all. let's end our Friday show on something we will enjoy. Okay. I didn't realize that uh, Russell loved a uh, political show. 
He news, goes, to, news to me. He goes, well, there's a lot of politics going on right now, Mike, and I, I really, I watch a, a, a political show every night. Except sometimes my mom gets mad at me when I watch it. I go, are you locking your door when you watch it? Russell said, yes, I am. Here is Russell's favorite political show. Oh my God. What a great political show. Come on, show her. What goes on in Romania? Romania? It's always Romania. Okay. Every show that Russell brings in is from Romania. Is uh, Graham uh, Romanian descent that we don't know? <laughs> you know what? I never thought of it that way. Nice. I thought their point about democracy was was lost in the conversation. Would like to thank Oddly Stevenson for coming in today. The NBL Canada uh, with the new team coming into the league being Sudbury. That should be interesting. I would go up. I would watch a game up there. Oh, very cool. I like it up north. Uh, also, uh, you know, as we take a look at a final between the Golden Knights and the Capitals. Yep. Woof. Monday, game one. Speaking of Monday. So what happens in that series? Yeah, Washington wins it. <clears throat> By the way, Monday, Monday, uh, Dennis Marouk, former Washington Capital, in studio with us the entire hour. That's Monday morning, 10 o'clock. Have, have yourself a great weekend. It'll be a beauty.